Welcome to the sermon podcast of South Hills Church in Costa Mesa. My name is Chris Kretzu, and I'm the campus pastor here. Thank you for carving out the time to listen to this today. I hope that you will be encouraged and challenged, and ultimately that you'll have a deeper sense of God's love for you. I'll be back after the message is over, but until then, I hope that you enjoy this episode. Uh, hey, I'm Chris. Uh, welcome to South Hills. I'm the campus pastor here. Uh, shout out to all the stay-at-homies watching online today. So good to have you guys joining us online as well. Um, I am excited for today. Like uh, Kathy said, we are starting a brand new series called All Together Now, and we're going to jump into that in a second. I did want to give you just one quick announcement before we get into that, though. Um, October uh, at our church is always a really big month. I know we just started September and you're like, Chris, pump the bricks. October is a big month because October is an opportunity when we really um, push and invite and communicate and and, um, we create a, a teaching series and an experience for guests in our community to come to South Hills for the first time. We believe that people always come to South Hills. Every weekend we have people come for the first time, but October during what we call family month is a really uh, specific time where we try and invite people to come and experience um, a, a healthier, a better, a different way, God's way of how he wants us to show up in our relationships with our friends, family, spouse, kids, uh, whatever it might look like. And so uh, with that being said, because it's such a big opportunity for us to reach our community, um, every year, a couple weeks before, we do a little campus cleanup day. It's an opportunity for us to say, hey, let's clean the house before guests come over. And so that's coming up on September 18th. It's a Saturday morning. Um, We're going to be here around 9 a.m. There's some just general kind of cleanup projects and stuff like that. And then there's a few other uh, maybe more skilled projects as well. If you have your own tools, uh, you probably know more than I do. Uh, And so there's a number of different things we're doing. So if you guys would like to help out with that, I know Kathy talked about texting SH Connect to 94,000. And uh, we would love to have you be a part of that day. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to feed you and um, it'll be a good time. So what else do you want? Food, hang out, more time at church during the week. I know it's what you guys are looking for. So, uh, all right. So we, uh, like I said, we're in this series all together now, and um, we are going to be looking at what does it mean for us to kind of live our lives and to lock arms together, uh, to move forward in what God is calling us to do together. Uh, we're going to be looking at this over the next few weeks. Um, two weeks ago, it was my birthday, uh, and uh, I. It's been a a reoccurring topic on Sundays, and I promise this is the last time I'm going to talk about it. But this week, I had the chance to do something I was super excited about. Um, About six months ago, I heard about something called uh, Jet Ski to Catalina, and it was this opportunity to ride sea dews from Long Beach across the ocean to Catalina Island. Uh, And I was like, that sounds fantastic, a little bit scary, a lot of fun. And I was just kind of at this place where I was like, I really want to do, I want to have some sort of adventure. And so uh, I read about it about six months ago, but it it feels a little crazy. And judging by some of your responses, I I see that you may agree. It's like, okay, that's that's a long distance on a sea-doo. That's a lot of ocean, sharks, things like that. Uh, And so um, read a lot of reviews, and the reviews seemed mostly positive. Um, nobody that drowned wrote a bad review. I mean, it was really kind of worked out. Uh, and then uh, I was like, well, I, I could go by myself, but I don't really want to go by myself. 
Uh, I want to be able to go with someone else, um, not because I'm scared, obviously, <laughs> uh, but uh, I was like, okay, so the first person I wanted to convince was my wife, and uh, she eventually said yes, uh, and that was awesome, and then we talked to different friends, and we had one other uh, set of friends that said that they wanted to go as well, and so this past Tuesday, we showed up at Long Beach about 7.30 in the morning, um, put on a wetsuit, uh, got on a sea-doo, and drove 26 miles across the ocean to Catalina Island. We stopped, uh, I think, four or five different times on the way, took little breaks. There was this one time, uh, one spot where we ended up kind of stumbling across this pod of hundreds of dolphins. It was so trippy. Uh, and it was, I mean, it was like, we're right here on a sea-doo. We're not in a boat or anything. We're at water level. And there's these dolphins just kind of like playing around the sea-doo. I told Ez, uh, I was like, I expect like a little Lisa Frank situation, like a dolphin just to jump out with the glitter and the rainbows. It didn't happen. Uh, but it was amazing. And then there was this other spot where they had to stop. It was because we had these guides. It wasn't just me in charge. Uh, there was other people that knew what they were doing. But they had to stop in this part of the crossing that was the deepest part of that crossing. It was over 3,500 feet deep. And they're like, all right, whoever wants to jump off and swim, uh, feel free to jump off and swim. And I looked at Ez, and she was like, no, I'm all good. Uh, and so, but I jumped off, and I swam around, and uh, it was so crazy. We got to the island, and um, there was these caves that you could swim through and kind of come out the other side. There was some cliffs you could jump off of. Um, it was so much fun. It was a ton of fun. Um, I could have gone by myself, but I didn't want to. And it was easier to sign up for it. It was easier to do it because other people were also doing it. Um, I I could have gone by myself. I I wanted to go. It's not that I needed somebody else to be there. But honestly, if nobody else wanted to go, if everybody else said no, if Ez said no, friends said no, I don't know that I would have done it. Um, not because I wasn't capable, not because I wouldn't have had guides or the sea dudes. I mean, it was just like, there's something about doing things with other people that sometimes make things easier. It makes things more enjoyable. I've tried to show pictures of the experience and, and people look at it and like, wow, that's really cool. But nobody gets it quite like the people that went. Nobody gets it quite like the people that saw the dolphins and experienced the pain of a sea-doo for 90 minutes straight across the ocean and all these different types of things. There's just something different that happened. And I think that we've all had these kinds of moments. Maybe, uh, how many of you guys have moved out of state before? Um, And uh, there's this experience that I've had a couple times and with friends that have had this experience. Uh, Hey, we got to move. We got to drive the car, the moving truck. And I can drive it by myself, but I don't really want to. And so even when we moved back from the Midwest to California, I called up a couple friends. I was like, hey, do you guys want to drive in a U-Haul for three or four days? Uh, I could do it by myself, and they don't really need to, but they were like, yeah, why not? That sounds fun. And so it becomes this thing where it's more enjoyable. It it means something. There's different memories and experiences created. Um, I know people that have gone to buy a new car, and they're like, I don't want to go by myself. It's not that the other person is necessarily going to make everything cheaper or better or more trustworthy, but there's just something about going with someone else. Uh, There's people that have waited in hospital waiting rooms, waiting for test results and information, and and you can do it alone, but everything just feels like it's better when there's someone else there with you, when someone else you lock arms with, you're experiencing it. And that's what we're talking about during this series, taking steps in life with other people. Whether those are spiritual steps we want to take of saying, man, there's some things I know that I need to start doing or stop doing, some habits I want to build in. 
I haven't done it yet. I know that I need to. And this is an opportunity for us together to say, okay, let's, let's do this together. You don't have to do it on your own. Maybe it's relational. Maybe there's something else going on in your life and, and you know in your mind that you need to do something. You need to move. You need to make a change. You need to take a step. And this is an opportunity for us to say, okay, all together now. We're going to do this together. And it's not just this campus. South Hills is a family of churches and all of our churches are doing all of these things and talking about these things on the same Sundays together because we really believe that something different happens and it's easier It's more meaningful when we do these things together. It's important for us to understand this. So the next few weeks is going to be a little bit less about the the sermons that I give, and it's going to be a little bit more about the steps that we take. Uh, It's less about me just talking, although don't worry, I'm going to talk. Uh, And it's more about, hey, how do we continue to grow? How do we take a step forward? How do we continue to lean into what God has for us? Because faith requires action. There's an action aspect of what does it mean to follow Jesus, to be a Christian, to to want to grow. Even if you're still uh, navigating and, and trying to figure out whether you believe or not and where you're at on this faith spectrum, we also recognize that even just in life and relationships, in your career goals, financial goals, whatever it might be, you have to take a step to grow. You have to be intentional. You can't just say, I want a good marriage. You have to do some things to have a good marriage. Um, there's action that's required, and that is just as true, if not more true, when it comes to our faith. James wrote it this way in uh, the book of James in the Bible, in chapter one, he said, don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says, otherwise you're only fooling yourselves. You can't just hear it, you can't just know it in your mind, you actually have to do some things. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 10 said this, he said, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And and everything is a little bit less scary when you do this with other people, when you do things together with other people, when you're surrounded by people that you trust. Think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. You guys know what the best way to motivate someone is? Food, first of all. Uh, But second best way to motivate people is by doing things with them saying, hey, let's do this together. I know that this is true. It doesn't mean that I always get this right, but even with my kids, it's like when I tell them what I want them to do, when I ask them to do their chores, their responsibilities, whatever it is, it's like constant, constant pushing and pushing. But if I say, hey, let's clean up your room, all of a sudden it's a little bit easier. Not totally easy, but a little bit easier. There's a sense of doing difficult things, of motivating people when we lock arms and we say, we're going to do this together. So we're going to talk about four different topics through the month of September. The idea is that we all take next steps. Uh, I grew up in an era where skating rinks were still a thing. I don't know if there's still roller skating rinks. I think there might be one in Fountain Valley. Anybody else go roller skating as a kid? And there was the couple skate, which I always crushed at, obviously. Uh, and then, But they would always do this thing after that where they would say, okay, now it's an all-skate. And that's what this series is. This series is an all-skate. It's for all of us. Each of us gets to take a step. Each of us gets to consider what God is calling us to. Today, I want to tell you what the, uh, the punchline of this message is, the, the, the challenge, the request, the, the opportunity that you have. I'm going to tell you right up front, and then that way, if you have to leave in three minutes, you still know what we're talking about. Uh, today, my goal is for every one of us Uh, is to sign up to serve. That's my goal. I said it. 
I want all of us to sign up to volunteer. Now, some of you guys are already volunteering, and, and this message is an opportunity for you to kind of hear and reaffirm of why you're doing this and, and the good that happens because of this. But some of you guys, it's, uh, it's time to take a step, or maybe you're still not sure and you want to try something out. And here's the thing. I'm not asking you to serve forever. I'm not asking you to serve every week. I'm not asking you to pick something randomly and do it for the rest of your life. I want to ask everyone to sign up to serve during the month of October. Like I said earlier, October is a big month for us. We do this huge campaign called Family Month. And so I would love for you to sign up to serve during the month of October. That's the punchline. Now I'll give you guys the setup for a few minutes. Um, We are uh, most connected when we are serving alongside of each other. Serving is such a crucial thing. This is something that Jesus talked about constantly. What does it mean for us to serve one another in every aspect of our life? It echoes throughout the other New Testament writers. Paul, uh, even in Romans 12, Paul wrote it this way. He said, let me find it. Uh, Paul said, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. And you guys know that. There's reasons why Jamie sings and I don't sing. There's reasons why Leanne is incredible as she leads the kids. There's, people have different gifts, and you all have different gifts. And what the scripture tells us is that you are given skills, gifts, passions, abilities, and God intends for you to use those, not just in your day-to-day life, not just in your relationships or your family, but also in your church community, the the community that you call home. I think this is so important because I've experienced the benefit of this in a number of different ways. About five years ago was when we started this church. It'll be five years in February. And when we were having our kind of pre-launch meetings about say, hey, do you want to, which by the way, it's a fascinating thing to ask somebody if they want to help you start a church. The look on their face is like, can you do that? You could just start a church? Uh, so that was a, it was a fascinating journey. But as we started to roll out towards our opening, we had people signing up to help serve coffee and to help greet and hold a sign, or whatever it was. But uh, not a ton of people wanted to sign up for the 5.30 a.m., get the box truck, unload the box truck, roll out the crates. This is not what everybody wanted to sign up for. So I asked some people, and, and almost all of the ones that I asked said yes. And it was hard. It was hard to get up early. It was hard to uh, get there at 5.30, to roll out all of these crates, to set everything up, to kind of start church already being like a little bit sweaty and smelly and all these different... It was not the most glamorous role. But genuinely, those people are the ones that I feel like I have some of the closest relationships with. And you guys have probably had a similar experience, maybe not at church on a Sunday at 5.30 in the morning, but you've done hard things together with people. And some of those hard things have bonded you closer than anything else could have. We've all had some of these experiences where we recognize the people that we feel closest to are the people that we do difficult things with. The people that we raise our kids alongside. The people that help us push our physical limits. The people that help us move across the country, like I said. The, the ones that stand there with us and go on that journey while we're going through the medical treatments, the ones that help us uh, make it through a work day at a difficult job, whether it's you're not getting paid enough or uh, you have a boss that's frustrating. We all have these experiences where we're bonded tightly together with someone as we're doing something difficult. 
And I think the invitation, uh, not I think, the invitation that I have for us today, for each of us, it's not just you, it's me as well, for the staff, for the whole team, is to say, hey, rather than just finding ourselves in a difficult situation and hopefully getting bonded closer together, what if we chose, what if we made an intentional choice to say, I want to lock arms with people for a purpose to accomplish a mission, a specific mission for a particular reason. I want to look at a story in 1 Samuel chapter 14. Um, it's, uh, it's a story, we're going to kind of drop right into the middle of this battlefield in just a second is what we're going to look at. If you have your Bibles or Bible apps, you can turn there. If you're watching online, we'll have some of the scriptures on the screen as well. Um, we're going to jump right in, in, into the middle of this story. Uh, we have Israel, who's on one side, and, and Israel has about 600 soldiers, uh, and they're across the battlefield from the Philistines. And the Philistines have all of the soldiers and all of the weapons. One of the fun things about this situation is that Israel, uh, the 600 soldiers that they have, not one of them has a sword. Not one of them has a spear. They have pitchforks and plows, and sickles, and and farming things that have been sharpened to help them, and they're facing off the Philistines, which is kind of their perennial enemies at this point in time. We're going to jump into this story, 1 Samuel chapter 14. It says this, one day, Jonathan, and Jonathan, just as as a pause, Jonathan is the king's son. So one day, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come on, let's go over to where the Philistines have their outpost." But Jonathan did not tell his father what he was doing. So parenting hasn't changed much in the last couple thousand years. Uh, It's interesting. So Jonathan is a king's son, and he has an armor bearer. And we never get the name of the armor bearer, but he plays a huge role in this story. One of my favorite movies of all time is a movie called That Thing You Do. If you've watched it, you know it's fantastic. If you haven't, you'll watch it. Uh, But um, the... That thing you do, this movie, it's about this band, and uh, you know everybody has a role, all these characters, names, everything, except for the bass player. The bass player has all of these lines, this huge part, but he never gets a name. And so they literally just call him the bass player the entire time. And in the end credits, where normally it says like the character's name and then the actor's name, it just says TB player and then the actor's name. That's kind of like this story. The story that we're going to look at, we hear about this armor bearer, and we're going to learn from this armor bearer. There's no name, but we get to be challenged by it. So Jonathan doesn't tell his father what he was doing. It says, to reach the Philistine outpost, Jonathan had to go down between two rocky cliffs that were called Bozes and Senna. Let's go across to the outpost of those pagans, Jonathan said to his armor bearer. Perhaps the Lord will help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. Now, I think that the best word in this is perhaps. Like, hey, you know what? We should go attack the Philistines. Perhaps God will help us win, the two of us versus all of them. Maybe something good will happen. Yes, God can win with a few or with many. We don't really know what he's going to do, but perhaps. So let's go. If I'm this guy... I'm going to want a little bit more of a guarantee. Uh, I'm going to want a little bit more confidence. Um, But it's interesting because he's obviously much more uh, positive and faithful than I am. He says this in verse 7. The armor bearer says, Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead. I am with you heart and soul. Which is crazy. You have an army who is already um, significantly... um, 
behind. There's less men, almost no actual weapons. Uh, They're facing off against one of their most challenging enemies. You have Jonathan who says, hey, I've got this idea. Let's climb down a cliff. Let's walk through a ravine, climb up another cliff, and let's attack the Philistines, and, and maybe God will help us win. And then all of a sudden, you have this armor bearer who says, I'm with you, heart and soul. I'm with you. Absolutely. And I think there's a piece of this that we all kind of long for. Like, I think we all want a friendship. We all want a connection, a relationship where someone is with us, where someone says, absolutely. Your plan sounds a little crazy, but I'm in. Uh, Someone that's willing to say, I'm going to go along with you. I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to fight with you. I'm going to maybe even fall beside you. This is something that we all long for. Someone that we can be honest and vulnerable with. A friend who is committed to doing life alongside of us. Someone who is open to inconveniencing themselves on our behalf. Who will show up when we need them. Who will invest in our success. A a friend that can challenge us. That can push us further along. That can hold us accountable. Someone who can encourage us. Who can expand our thinking give us a bigger perspective, help us recognize we all long for friendships like this. And it's interesting because I think as we read this story, at least one of the things that I always struggle with, and uh, maybe you are like me, is when I read these stories in the scripture, I always kind of put myself right in like the hero's shoes of the story. Like, yeah, of course I would do the right thing. Yeah, of course I would win the battle. Of course, you know, I think for a lot of us, as we read this story, there might be this temptation to say, man, I wish I had an armor bearer like Jonathan did. I wish that I had someone that was all in, heart and soul, that was there for me, that regardless of whether it all made sense or it was all clear, there was someone that had my back. I wish that I had that. I think the invitation for us today isn't that you and I are a Jonathan in need of an armor bearer. But I think that the call is for us to recognize that we can be the armor bearer, that each of us in our lives, again, in our marriages, in our workplaces, in our church community, that we can be the person that comes behind and locks arm and says, I'm here, I'm with you, I'm in this, heart and soul. It doesn't always necessarily make sense, but I believe it where we're going. I believe in what we're doing. I believe that, that God is on the other side of this. Something well, we talk about in Discover. Discover is a discipleship class that we have. It's an opportunity for people that want to take next steps in their spiritual growth. Um, and uh, one of the things that we say in Discover is that everything we are desperate to get from someone else, we were also designed to give to someone else. The things that we long for, the encouragement, the support, the affirmation, the, uh, the person to kind of like live life alongside of us, to cheer us on, to be there when things are difficult, to, you know, all of that stuff, we all long for that. And you and I, just as much as we long for that from someone, we were designed to actually be that for someone else, to give that to someone else to be able to stand alongside other people. And this is what I think we can learn as we look at, or one of the things we can learn as we look at the story of Jonathan and his armor bearer, it's not that I'm the super brave warrior who's willing to chase down the Philistines and perhaps God will help us. Uh, I think the challenge for me is actually maybe a little bit more, hey, what does it mean, Chris, for you to stand behind someone and say, I'm here for you. I'm with you. 
I'm in this with you. I believe where we're going. I believe in what's happening in your life. And I wonder if you might find yourself in that same space. So the armor bearer says, I'm with you, heart and soul. And then in verse 8, it says, all right then, Jonathan told him, here's what we're going to do. We'll cross over and we'll let them see us. Awesome military strategy. Uh, And then if they say to us, stay where you are or we'll kill you, then we'll stop and not go up to them. Again, it's getting better. The plan is really starting to move forward. It says, but if they say, come on up and fight, then we'll go up. That'll be the Lord's sign that he will help us defeat them. So Jonathan, he says, okay, here's the plan. We're going to let them see us. And if they say, stay there, we're going to kill you, then we'll run. And if they say, come up and fight us, then we'll go and fight. Uh, This plan goes seemingly from like worse to worse, uh, from a normal military strategy. Not that I know much about it, uh, but I would assume that's not really the best strategy. But it's fascinating because the armor bearer says he's all in, heart and soul, and Jonathan reveals the rest of this plan, which doesn't necessarily always make sense. And there's this faith component for sure in believing that God's going to communicate, but I think sometimes a lot of us get tripped up because the plans aren't always super clear. The plans aren't, don't always make the most sense. I think sometimes we're waiting for the perfect opportunity, the perfect plan, the perfect chance, the perfect next step, the perfect pay raise, the perfect house, the perfect relation, whatever it is, we're waiting for this perfect thing. And this story is really a story about 600 men and the king who are waiting for this perfect opportunity and two people that just did something. And God showed up in the middle of that. And it goes on in verse 11. It says, when the Philistines saw them coming, they shouted, look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. And then the men from the outpost shouted to Jonathan, come on up here and we'll teach you a lesson. Which again, if this is like a battle movie, that's not like the most like war cry thing. That's like, hey, look at these crazy people. It's more of like a bullying, like these guys have no idea what they're going to do. They have no idea what's happening. We'll teach them a lesson. And it's, uh, the story goes on. Um, Jonathan and the armor bearer, they, they charge in. Jonathan has a sword and he is attacking people in front of him. And the armor bearer is actually behind them and defending them from other warriors. Uh, the Philistines get totally rattled and confused in this story. Then there's an earthquake that starts to terrify them. Uh, the king on the other side, the king of Israel, and his soldiers are like, wait, is there a battle happening? And they end up running over to help fight as well. But they end up having this massive defeat uh, over the Philistines. And the turning point in this war, I think in many ways, was one person, this armor bearer, saying, I'm all in heart and soul, whatever it costs, I'm in. I'm in because I believe in the mission. I'm in because I believe that God could do something on the other side of this. I'm in because there's something here that I am committed to. I think everybody wanted to win the war, but not everybody wanted to fight the war. And there's this two men, Jonathan and the armor bearer, that go in. I think that the challenge oftentimes for us, is we want to feel connected, we want to feel engaged, we want to feel like we have this uh, thing that we're a part of, Um, but it's difficult to make that commitment. It's difficult to take that step. And I wonder what is on the other side of 
the commitment for you and for me? What's on the other side of that step that you need to take? There's two main reasons why people, I have found at least, why people serve in their communities, why people serve in organizations outside of the church, why people serve inside the church. There's two main reasons. And I think that the best part is that whichever one is maybe your reason, um, you'll actually get both of them by default. So the first group usually wants to help because they believe in the cause. There's something powerful or meaningful. They're like, hey, I want to be a part of this thing. Uh, I've found something good here, and I want to help move it forward. And the other one is that people are just looking to experience community. They want to connect with someone else and, and say, hey, I'll sign up to do this thing. I'll sign up to help out here at this place or this organization or this event or whatever the thing is because I'm just looking for a way to connect with other people. And it feels like over and over and over again, you have people that when you sign up because you're looking for relationships, you end up finding this fulfillment that comes because of this bigger cause that you're a part of. And the people that say, hey, I want to sign up because I believe in this cause, they end up finding this sense of community and relationships. Like those people that unloaded the truck five years ago for three years straight, they had this sense of community and relationships and connection. These ideas are connected. I think sometimes we think, if I find my people, then I'll go after a cause. But I think if we can commit and step in those connections, those relationships come. I think the reality is that the people who feel the most connected are typically the people who serve regularly. The people who feel most connected spiritually at a church and a, a faith community are generally the people that are connected to serving on a regular basis. They're known. They recognize faces and names. They feel loved. They understand that they matter. And the good news is, for those of you that are going to take that step and sign up today, that all of our ministry leaders and all of our staff, they all have better plans than Jonathan. Uh, none of them involve getting shot in the back with arrows, uh, except for maybe kids. I don't know what Leanne does in there with the kids. Uh, no, there's this, there's this opportunity for us to lean in, to step in, to say, hey, I want to be a part of this thing. I want to experience something bigger. I want to help move this mission forward. I want to help push this cause forward. I want to help, or I want to build connections or relationships, whichever angle you're taking it from. I believe that God has something important. There will be some sacrifices that come along with it. You'll be inconvenienced a little. You may have to get up a little bit earlier. You may have to change some things around. But in our lives, as you look at, if you imagine the things in your life that matter to you, maybe it's sports, maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's your kids, maybe it's hobbies, every one of those things that we value, we sacrifice for. We take and we say, hey, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my schedule around to lean in because this matters. I'm going to change this time around because this matters. I'm going to do something different because this matters. And there's this benefit, there's this health, there's a growth on the other side of that. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We, have, we are many parts of one body. We all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. And we have an opportunity to lock arms together and say, hey, there's something about this church that has connected with me. God is doing something here through this church, through these people. There's something happening with the kids or the students or the events or whatever the thing is. There's something that's drawn me here, and God continues to work through this. 
And I want to help push that cause forward. Or maybe you're like, you know what? I just, I want to meet some people. I just want to get connected. There's an opportunity for us to take that step. And so what we're going to do here in just a second, we're actually going to end our service early today. Hold the applause. Uh, And um, we're ending our service early today because I want you guys to have a chance to kind of think through and talk through this before, if you have kids here checked in, uh, they are going to be fine in there. And we're going to give you guys five, 10 minutes to be able to hang out and think through this. You guys should all have this little card on your seats. If you guys have it, can you hold it up and flap it in the air? Oh, perfect. Four people. I love it. Uh, There's a little bit of a slide, too, that might be helpful. But essentially, we want to help you guys find your fit. And again, I just want to clarify, I'm not asking you to sign up for one thing for the rest of your life. I'm not asking you to do something every single Sunday. My goal is that everyone signs up to do something during the month of October. So there's a few different categories here. South Hills Kids, there's all kinds of opportunities with the kids team. Um, South Hills Students, like we just talked, we are actually relaunching students um, next Wednesday. I'm going to be here running games. Brianna's going to be teaching. Uh, We just need a couple other responsible adults to show up and have fun and be crazy. And so maybe that's something you want to do. Hospitality, coffee bar, online chat hosts. There's opportunities for you guys that are watching online. Uh, Worship, tech, production. If you guys play an instrument or if you sing or if you know a little bit about audio or computers, there's a lot of opportunities there. Community outreach. We continue to find ways to partner with our community. Our next big serve day as a kind of side note is October 2nd. It's a Saturday. We have a huge project we're doing at our partner school um, here in Costa Mesa. Uh, Facilities and administration. uh, So much of what happens on this campus is because of people that um, have a toolbox and know how to use it, which is not a gift that I have. Uh, And so there's so many different ways for people to serve during the week, on Sundays, online, in person, on campus, off campus. There's so many different opportunities. And so as you look through this, there's a little piece on the bottom that's actually perforated and you can fill it out and tear it off. Um, Our staff and our ministry leaders are going to be in the back. There's three tables back there and they're there if you have more questions. Maybe you're like, you know what? I know what I want to do. Um, maybe uh, you have questions and and they would love to be able to answer and kind of give you some more clarity on that. And this is an opportunity to find your fit. This is not the best example. I'm coming up with it on the fly, so bear with me. Uh, Do you know what the worst kind of shopping is? New blue jean shopping. It's never, it never goes well. It's always like, okay, well, what size am I now? What size am I in this brand? What's happening? Like everything is always different. I said I was coming up with this on the fly, so just deal with it. I feel like as we get plugged in into our church community, there's this opportunity for us to say, okay, I'm going to try something and I'm going to see how it fits. I'm going to see if it works. I'm going to see if I feel like I'm able to participate, if this works with my strengths or my gifts, my abilities, if, uh, you know, whatever it looks like. And so this is not a sign on the dotted line forever type of thing. We want to help you find a space where you get to use the gifts, the skills, the passions, the abilities that God has given you. So I'm going to pray for us. Um, You guys are going to look over this tear off this bottom piece, drop it in there uh, in those jars at those tables in the back, hang out. If you have more questions, we would love to be able to talk about that. And then after you do that, you guys are free to pick up your kids. Also, I meant to say this earlier, in the back, we also have this altogether bingo card that we made. Uh, Basically, uh, different things that you might have done over the last couple of years here at South Hills. And if you've done any of those things, you can take a post-it note and stick it up there and see how many many of us have done these things together. Uh, Would you guys stand to your feet? I want to pray for us.
and then I will dismiss you to go climb up a cliff and fight the Philistines. Oh, it's so much easier than that, you guys. It's waving and smiling and hanging out at a place that has brought some sense of wholeness and hope and meaning to your life. Well, regardless of where you may be at in your faith journey, I believe that everyone has a next step that they can take. If you'd like more information about what it means to put your trust in Jesus, information about getting baptized or maybe even attending a Discover class to grow more in your faith, you can visit us online at southhills.org forward slash Costa Mesa and then scroll down to the next steps section. If you'd like more information about tithing or supporting South Hills financially, you can visit southhills.org forward slash giving. Thanks again for listening today, and I hope that I get to see you soon.